The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. God, as we sit in this holy space, made holy by your presence, made holy by your love for each and every one of us this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts, open our minds, um, as we open the scriptures together, that we might hear your voice, that any other voice of lies, that any other voice of confusion, that any other voice of destruction in our lives that does not remind us of who we are in you would be silenced. And you as Lord, you as God, would speak words of life into all of us, into all of our hearts. And this is our prayer today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? I don't know about you, but I've asked that question in my life many times. And so as I read this story uh, in the Old Testament, a story that I read before, that single question out of the mouth of the prophet Elisha resonated with me above any other question, any other detail in that story. And I think because it's what I most identify with and perhaps you do too. This week as I was uh, preparing and reading and, and praying to God uh, for, for direction and guidance and what to speak to you this morning, uh, I just kept seeing that question pop up in my mind, in my heart, over and over. When suddenly this week as I was scrolling on my Facebook, I, I saw a, a post written by a dear friend of ours. Uh, a dear friend that we've known for uh, many years now and um, who lost a parent not too long ago. was one of the most difficult things that she ever experienced. I mean, that most difficult thing, really, of, that she's ever experienced. And, and we got to walk alongside her during that season. And we know, like, any of us that would have such a loss un so unexpected, so cruel, we know that that question, even all these years later, is still there. She doesn't question, like many of us, the goodness of God, or that God loves us, or that God wants what's best for all of us. And yet, when we suffer such a loss, or we come to such a crossroad in our lives where the, the path isn't clear, I think it's appropriate and even natural for, for us to cry out with everything we have, just as the pro prophet Elijah, where is the Lord? Where is God in this? And it won't be the last time my friend asked this question, and it won't be the last time I'll ask that question, and I'm sure you will ask that question again at some point in your journey. 
If you're not already asking it this morning, even as we gather, even as we pray, even as we sing about our faith of God this morning. You know, as that question and that image was running through my heart this morning, there's another question and another image that has been just tugging at me for weeks now. Uh, Several weeks ago, we, we opened up what is not a new thing. We said, hey, what, what about we practice these words of our baptismal covenant together? And, and we opened up the hymnal, and, and Pastor John and I were sharing during the week, and I'm just like, is it really that simple? Where we, where we pray together when we, somebody gets baptized or somebody joins the church, and we say, uh, may we create or surround this person with a community of love and forgiveness. And, and those words have been ringing true and ringing in my heart and my mind, and, and I just can't help but ask, is it really that simple? And, and please understand, it's not simple as in like cheap or, or simple as in something that's easy or not worth our time, but, but simple the way beautiful things are simple, that are uncluttered, that the lines make sense, that there's a beauty to the organization. The way, the same feeling you go, that you get when you go into like a library, those of you that like libraries, right? Everything is color-coded, right? You can find anything you want. You can just stretch out your hand, and, and it's there. There's a beauty to that. That kind of beauty, that kind of simplicity, is it really that simple? It's, it's living as Christ followers, even in a day like today, where life is fast, life is hard, and life can even be cruel. Is it really that simple that, that all we really get to do, all we really need to concern ourselves is, is to work towards creating a community of love and forgiveness? And so a couple of weeks ago, we passed out these cards and, and we, we took that language and, and made it into a personalized prayer. And we said, you know, let's, let's remember this often. Let's pray this every time we see it. And so the first part of that prayer is what I just mentioned. We will surround one another with the community of love and forgiveness. But here's the second part. That we may grow in our trust of God and be found faithful in our service to others. You know, you ever had that feeling where, where you go to eat somewhere? And, and you have a dish that you had before, nothing new, but... It is so good. I mean, it's like something you've had all your life, but you sit at that table and it's like, what did they put? Like magic fairy dust on this? I mean, this is so good. And then you ask the host, like we always ask the host, like, what, what did you put in this? I mean, when I do it, 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 like, it looks black when I make it, you know, and it's like that color and it looks like real food. Uh, what did you do? And, it, and, and, and often it's like, Oh, you know, it's like three ingredients, right? It's like, it's nothing. I just put like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's like the simplest thing. And you ask yourself, is it that, 
Is it possible that this goodness, it's like three ingredients. How is that even possible? Somebody said in the first service, it's because one of those ingredients is always bacon. You know, like, always include bacon as one of your three ingredients. You're guaranteed to please everybody there. Can we all agree to that? Amen. But we look at it and it's like, is it possible that these ingredients create such goodness? Is it possible that the ingredients of a community of love and forgiveness can create the goodness of growing in our trust in God? Now, isn't that what we all desire? Isn't that what we desire, that, the, that we would grow closer to God, that we would trust God fully, and that, that our lives would look different because of it? That we would have a faith like the little kids that will jump off of like any amount of height. They don't care. All they know is that mom and dad are there at the bottom, and, and they are not... Re- they're not concerned of any bumps or bruises they may cause mom and dad. They're just going to jump with all their force because they know they're going to get caught. There's, gonna, there's two arms that are going to, they're waiting right there. They're going to catch them and they're going to fall secure. You know what the ingredients to that is? A community of love and forgiveness. Is it possible that we can experience the goodness of serving others? You've ever read a story about just a beautiful project somewhere, whether it's a business or organization, and and they always show like the before and after thing, right? Like before they came into this neighborhood, before they started this great project, this is what it looked like. And then they always interview the people that, that this project or this business or whatever has, has impacted and say, what is, this, what is this difference has this made? And they're like, oh, this is the greatest thing. I'm so thankful for these people. And if you're like me, you, you get inspired. You look at that story or you read it in the newspaper and you're like, wow, wouldn't that be cool if we did that? Or wouldn't that be cool if that was my neighborhood? You know, the ingredients to something like that, to living a life that impacts, you can, can help but change the people that you encounter in your office, in your neighborhood, in whatever business or, or, or business ventures that you, you, you're, you set off to do. It's a community of love and forgiveness. Now, I, I got to confess you know, Pastor John and I have been just going around this mountain for, for a few weeks now, and, and, and we both know this isn't anything new. We're not suggesting that we've uncovered this mysterious truth that we've missed all along. But I think it's more like this. I think it's like all of us, or most of us, or at least I will be the first one to confess the people that have the nice china that they never use. Anybody else like that? I got to make a second confession. Ours are still in the box. <laughs> like, 
we register for them and you know the people go to the store and they scan them with those little scanners we did all that work and then we were too afraid to take them out of the box because they're like these are too nice what if they break like what if somebody looks at them right and they crack because some i mean they're they're so fragile and so they're in a box and they're in the closet and they're not even anywhere close to the kitchen you know maybe because we don't want these nice china dishes to get any inspiration in case we break uh, some of our cheaper stuff and they just kind of you know like twins do you know they share that connection and suddenly we have cracked china that we never used i mean it's 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 kind of like that and what we're doing is saying you know what i think it's time to bust out the the china these things were made for eating They were made to be enjoyed. They were meant to be accompanied by like a good barbecue. I know that's not nice, you know, worthy of China, but but to me it is, right? Because I I believe that we're having barbecue in in heaven. And so believe me, barbecue is worthy of nice China. But it's meant to be had with a good meal. And what we're saying is that these truths that we've said and we've repeated all along, We've treasured them so much. We value them so much. And, and somehow, some way, we, we said, you know, these are so nice. We should put them over here where they're safe. And so I think what we're saying is that it's time to bust them out. It's time to use them. It's time to practice this. I think we're going to enjoy our meal a lot better. So what I want you to do right now, and, I want, and, and perhaps for the rest of the week, I would like for you to think back to a time in your life when, when your spiritual life was at its richest. Is there a time in your life where you felt, man, that was a good season. I mean, I prayed, and it was like, I would pray, and, and it was like the most rewarding thing to feel the presence of God when I pray. When, when I gathered with other people and we would talk about God, I always felt encouraged. I would not feel frustrated or, or you know, some of these other negative feelings that sometimes we wrestle with. But this was a life-giving season for me. And I'll let you think about that right now and I'll let you think about this, that this week, but what I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that if we could find a common denominator to that experience is that that season was lived with other people. That season was lived with other people practicing their faith alongside of us. Now I'll tell you my story that I can remember and that it was uh, one of the greatest times of my life, and because my wife is here, I will say, second greatest time of my life. The first was when I met my wife, obviously, obviously. But the second greatest time of my life was the year that I got to live with Jason, Brett, and Dave in Wilmore, Kentucky, on Laurie Lane, in a house that was furnished with nicer furniture than any four single young men should be allowed to live in. 
It, we, we got lucky. We were looking for a place to live, and, and the folks that were living there had to go off to another country on a project at the last minute, and they were going to be gone for a year. So they didn't even have time to, to uh, put their stuff in storage. And we were like, great, we don't own anything. We're poor seminary students. We'll take your place. And just the fact that they mentioned that there was a jacuzzi in the house, that was just like, well, where do we sign? Uh, and so for me, I knew Jason, I got to know him pretty well my first year, good friends, and Brett, I sort of knew, he was a fun guy, and Dave was just like the third guy at that point, point. and I said, two out of three guys is, is a pretty good deal. I mean, if Dave ends up being weird, I mean, that's 66% is, is great, so I'll take those odds. Well, I have you know that through that year of sharing life together, we spent countless hours in the kitchen uh, eating out of a common ice cream tub because nobody thought to run the dishwasher. And, uh, but we, we had separate spoons. I mean, we weren't like totally savage, just separate spoons. And sharing life and, and praying. I remember one time I would see my friend Jason pray, and I said, I want to pray like that. And so I would pray because I saw my friend Jason pray, and I realized that this was good for me, and I'm having this great time with the Lord because I was encouraged by my friend. And you remember when I said that Dave was like the, the throw-in at the time? He was like the third guy. We'll see what happens. You know, at least we have a roof over our head. Well, Dave ended up being my best man at my wedding. Dave and I, he had an extra year. Uh, we both had extra years. Uh, the other guys were ahead of us in school, so we hung out, and we kept having coffee and praying together. And one of the things that we loved to do is when he met his fiance, now wife, is get together and make a big pot of white chicken chili and watch Lost, the greatest TV show ever. And then we would encourage one another, and that was a beautiful season. Fast forward a few years. He got married, we got married. They were off in Scotland uh, pursuing a PhD. And I found myself in one of the hardest times in my life. I was wrestling with whether or not I had heard God correctly, possibly like the prophet Elijah. And I had spent a lot of time in seminary. I had spent a lot of time in ministry. And I found myself not knowing what to do next. I found myself distant from God. I found myself frustrated. I found myself crying out with everything I had. God, where are you? Where is the Lord? Did I misread you somewhere? This is not looking like what I, what I expected it to be. And to make matters a little more complicated, we had a four or five month old at the time and we just trying to wrap our minds around, we're parents. We got to feed this child. It's like what you're supposed to do and, 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 and all these things. And, and so happened that my friends that were in Scotland uh, happened to be in Texas. They were in Lubbock for a wedding. And, and when you have friends like that, there's no distance. I mean, Lubbock is like around the corner, right? And they came down and they knew what I was going through. And, and they didn't come to give me answers to say, you should have done this, they should have done that. They said, you know what, where's the grocery store? And we went down to Kroger and we bought all of the ingredients to the white chicken chili. Every single last one of them, even the extras when they say optional, right? Yeah, we did the optional ingredients as well. 
And we sat at our secondhand black kitchen table. And we served each other white chicken chili. And they listened to me complain, and they listened to me frustrate, be frustrated and be angered. And we laughed and we cried, and, and we didn't get up from that table. And not a single time was a single answer given about where God was or where the Lord was. And yet, as we gathered there in the name of Christ, as we gathered at that table and looking back, I know God was at that table. I know God was in that white chicken chili. I know God was holding me together even though the cracks of my faith were starting to show. They were held together by the loving arms of my friend, creating a community of love and forgiveness, this safe space where I could simply exist. And they would not let me fall apart. I could not fall apart even if I tried because those arms of love and forgiveness were right there holding the whole thing together. So this is what I want to say this morning. Is God calling us into a deeper commitment of Christian community? I don't mean just practicing coming to church. I don't just mean gathering with friends. I mean this commitment to caring for one another's soul that goes far beyond just, just being there and saying nice things to one another. Is God calling us to make space and room in our life to say, I, if I do nothing else this week, I need to meet with these people. I need to pray with these people. I need to open up the Word of God with these people because heaven knows that there is going to be a time in my life where the situation is crushing me so that the only thing that I can say is, where is the Lord? And the cracks are going to start to show. And I'm going to be this close to falling apart. But by the grace of God, because we've made this commitment to one another, the arms of love and forgiveness that God provides us and each other will not let us fall apart. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.